1: Hello, hello. Luke's English Podcast is made possible thanks to donations from my listeners. And if you'd like to leave a donation, just click one of the yellow donate buttons on my website. The podcast is also supported by sponsors, and the sponsor for this episode is italki, as usual. Uh, Italki is just a very good solution if you're looking for one-to-one teachers or native speakers for conversations in order to improve your speaking, your fluency, or maybe your grammar, your pronunciation, or maybe English for specific situations like job interviews and things like that there are loads and loads of teachers to choose from you can check out little videos in which they introduce themselves it's all very very professionally done and when you buy some talking time italki will send you a voucher worth a free lesson to get the offer go to teacherluke.co.uk slash talk or click one of the italki logos on my website You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello and welcome to Luke's English Podcast number 619. How are you today? All good, I hope. In this episode of Luke's English Podcast, we're going to look at a popular BBC TV show, which is now in its 17th series on BBC Two. Uh, We're going to listen to some clips. I'll help you understand it all like a native speaker. And we'll be mining the whole thing for vocabulary too. I've done episodes like this before about British TV, including Top Gear and Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares. Both of those are available in the episode archive. Now it's time for one of my favourites, and that's Dragon's Den. Now you might be thinking, Dragon's Den? Luke, what's that? is that some kind of Game of Thrones thing, like a kind of fantasy thing with dragons and stuff like that? Well, no, not at all. In fact, this series is all about business startups, entrepreneurs, investors, negotiations, and pitching new business ideas. So nothing to do with fantasy and Game of Thrones, a lot more to do with the actual reality of setting up a new business and then attempting to negotiate. Um, an investment in that new business. So, yeah, business English. But don't get turned off by the prospect of the seriousness of business English. In fact, Dragon's Den is a really entertaining TV show, which also gives you an insight into some of the kind of ins and outs of business life and what it really means to set up a new company and take it to the point where it's a, a profitable venture. Okay, so uh, this is based on a Japanese TV format, in fact. So Japanese Lepsters might be familiar with Dragon's Den already. Also, it might exist in other countries, too, because the Japanese original format has been kind of sold to different countries, different TV networks around the world. So Dragon's Den does exist in various forms in different places. Um, It's been on the BBC since 2005. I really enjoy watching it and also using clips in class, which I've been doing for years now and is one of my favourite things to do in English lessons. I could spend a whole week on Dragon's Den with all the vocab, the listening, and then doing role plays of business presentations, negotiations and discussions. Um, I love doing Dragon's Den in my uh, business English classes and my general English classes too. And this is the first time I've dipped my toe into dragon's Den on the podcast, by the way, to dip your toe into something would be like to sort of like test the water figuratively speaking, so before you go into a swimming pool or a river or a pond or something, you might just dip your toe in and it's to kind of give it a little test or to yeah to have a little first experience just to see how it how it is so this is the first time I've dipped my toe into Dragon's Den on Luke's English podcast. There will be tons of business vocabulary in this episode, as well as a chance to test your listening skills as we listen to clips of this show, including people presenting their businesses and negotiating an investment. So what I'm going to do in this episode is this. I'll first introduce the topic with quite a lot of business vocabulary relating to Everything involved in starting up a new business and then raising finance for it. And then I'm going to play you some clips from Dragon's Den when one person pitches their business idea and then uh, the dragons start negotiating. The dragons are business people, okay? They're sort of very successful, very rich uh, investors. Uh, they're in this show, they're called dragons. I'll explain the title of the show in a moment. So, yeah, you'll hear some clips. I'm going to, and I'll break it down for vocab and help you understand it. I'll explain a bit of the vocabulary as we go through the episode. I'll kind of like explain it a little bit just to make sure that you can follow what's going on. And there will be a lot of context to help you, but mainly. I want to focus on just listening to clips from the show and then helping you understand everything. Really, one of my aims at Luke's English podcast is to help you appreciate things like TV, films, and comedy more easily in English or at least to be able to use them to help you learn English more effectively. So that's one of the things that I'd like to do in this episode. So we'll focus on the clips after an introduction from me, and then I can deal with the vocabulary more specifically in a premium series, which I'm also working on. Is that clear? So there will be vocab coming through. I'll explain it a little bit, and you'll get all the context. But if you want me to break the vocab down properly and do the test and pronunciation drills then you'll have to wait for a specific premium series relating to this episode, uh, which should arrive soon, I hope. Okay, so let's get into the details of this TV show, Dragon's Den. First, let me explain the title. So, Dragon's Den, a den of dragons. We actually need to begin with the expression, to walk into the lion's den. So this is a, um, a fixed expression in English, to walk into the lion's den. The den is actually the place where the lions live, okay? So to walk into the dragon, sorry, to walk into the lion's den means to deliberately put yourself in a position of danger or difficulty. Now, usually this means to face a difficult situation, like, for example, going into a room full of people who will criticise you. Imagine a politician involved in a big scandal going into a room full of journalists. He's walking into the lion's den, you could say. So, a den is a kind of place where lions might live. It could be a clearing in a forest, maybe within the roots of a tree, maybe surrounded by some rocks. This is a den, a place where lions hang out and sleep. Okay, that's a den. Children, kids, also build dens in their bedrooms. You might have done it yourself when you were a child. So children take blankets and pillows and they drape them over chairs and tables to make little dens which they can then hide in and play inside. So that's a den and the expression to walk into the lion's den. Now, in this case, it's dragon's den. So this is like a lion's den, but even more scary and dangerous. It's a dragon's den. It's a place where the dragons live. I think it's just that dragons really are better analogies for scary, no-nonsense business people than lions. Just Dragon's Den sounds better than Lion's Den, I think. Also, yeah, it just sounds cool, Dragon's Den. So, in the show, the dragons are... They're not actual dragons. They're just people, humans. And they're, um, they are the investors in their leather chairs, So there are five dragons sitting in leather chairs. The den, in this case, is not a clearing in a forest or something. The den, in this case, is a kind of renovated warehouse that could be somewhere in East London, maybe, in a trendy new business district, in some kind of converted old warehouse. The five dragons are sitting in a line with their plush leather chairs, sharp suits, pads and pens, and side tables with glasses of water, and piles of cash. Yes, they actually have piles of cash uh, on the tables next to them. The cash is really just for show, of course. It just kind of looks good. There are quite a few lingering camera shots of these piles of notes on the table. I mean, it's a bit ridiculous. In a real business meeting, you wouldn't have actual piles of cash sitting on tables. Uh, But it's there just for the cameras, really. So that's the Dragons. Five Investors. Then we have entrepreneurs, okay? Entrepreneurs are people uh, who have got new business ideas, people who are trying to set up new businesses, developing new ideas, and they go into the den in order to get an investment. And the entrepreneurs are nervous. They're feeling the pressure. They walk up some tight spiral stairs into into the room, and then the dragons eye them all up judgmentally. Then the entrepreneur starts his or her pitch, this is where the entrepreneur describes their business, the business that they're trying to set up, the business that they need money to help set up. Um, so they they describe their business. Uh, the dragons ask questions and drill down into the business plan, and then there are some negotiations for the investment. The entrepreneur is looking for an investment of a certain amount of money, and in return they're offering a portion of the equity of the company. Do you understand the format? So you've got someone with a new business idea. They need money to set it up. They go into Dragon's Den. They speak to the five dragons and attempt to negotiate a business um, deal, an investment um, deal, basically. So uh, they want cash. In return, they're offering a portion of the equity of the company. So what equity? Well, equity, in this case, means the ownership of the company. So equity means ownership. If you imagine a pie chart... Or maybe a pizza, perhaps if you prefer. Imagine that pizza. Uh, let's say a hundred percent of it is mine, but I might choose to sell some parts of the pizza to an investor. Let's say I give. The, I mean, why? Why would I do that? Um, why would I sell a part of my pizza to someone? Let's say the pizza is cold. Right. <laughs> this is, might sound a bit strange. Let's say the pizza is cold, and I need to heat it up. But in order to heat it up, I need to pay for a microwave oven. How do I pay for that microwave oven? Well, I might sell part of my pizza uh, in order to get some cash that I can spend on a microwave oven to heat it up. Okay, that's the worst analogy I've ever thought of. Anyway, let's just go with this, all right? So 100% of the pizza is mine, but I might choose to sell some parts of the pizza to an investor to raise money. Let's say I give them 20% of the pizza for about... ooh. £20,000. Yes, this is a very valuable pizza. In terms of a business, this means that the investor gets 20% of the profits that the company makes. In return, I get cash, which I can use to get the business going in various ways. Okay, so I've got a business, I own 100% of it, but I've got no money. So I sell part of the business to an investor who gives me money. I can use that money to set up the business in various ways, but the investor takes 20% of anything because they own 20% of the company. That's the way it works. They have 20% of the equity in the company. So equity refers to ownership of the company and it is divided into shares. Sometimes it's referred to as an equity stake as well. So you you might have an equity equity shares or an equity stake. So an investor might have a 20% equity stake in a company, for example. The entrepreneur holds onto an 80% equity stake. This is the language that's used to describe all this stuff. This is how finance can be raised. And you raise finance, meaning you somehow get money to help you do business. You raise finance. Financing for business. I mean, it's in all areas of business, really. Think of anything like if you're setting up some clothing company, you need money to pay for all the different aspects of that uh, business. If you are making a film, let's say you've got a great idea for a movie, you've got a script, you've got a director, um, you need to raise finance for the film. So the producer would go out and try and um, find investment to. Uh, get all the money to pay for the production of the film. And those investors then obviously would get their money back. It might be a film studio who does that, who pays for it, or it might be some other sort of independent investor. Like, for example, I don't know, take an example, the, the Monty Python films. They struggled to get investment for their early films. And in fact, they found investment from rock bands like Pink Floyd and also George Harrison of the Beatles helped them to finance their projects. And obviously those investors then got their money back uh, and more successful investments so anyway this is how finance can be raised instead of getting a loan from the bank and paying interest you kind of liquidate part of the company to get the cash but you also get the support of an investor too and that's the other thing the dragons offer not just cash but also some business acumen and contacts to help them get a foot in the door Okay, so the Dragons, the Five Dragons, have actually financed a few successful businesses in the past on the show. Ones that have made it to the supermarkets or even become household names, like products that everybody knows. And yes, all the businesses in this show are real, all the money is real, and all the deals are real. But apparently, after reading about it on Wikipedia, apparently after making agreements on the TV show, necessary due diligence is done into the new companies before the deal is officially sealed obviously but it is all real real people real businesses real money okay so we'll meet the dragons in a moment but first i have a vocab list here which i'm going to sort of go through in a kind of a ramble a business ramble if you will luke's business rambles that could be a good series So I might briefly explain these terms as we go, but my main focus is to try and put all these words and phrases into a rambling monologue about why an entrepreneur would need to raise finance for a new business. And I plan to go over all of this in more detail in an upcoming premium episode. So let's imagine that I have a new business, okay? Let's say that I've invented a pen, a special pen, that goes red or flashes, let's say there's a light on it. It's a really cool new product. Let's say there's a light on my pen which flashes when you make a grammar mistake, all right? So let's say you're writing with your pen, with Luke's special grammar pen, and if you've written a grammar mistake, the light, the the pen flashes or it might vibrate or make a noise to try and indicate to you that you've made a mistake. Maybe there could be different colours for vocabulary or grammar or spelling or something. All right, now obviously this is just a completely fantasy made-up invention, but let's just use it as an example. You could maybe say that there's software that you can download for it, you can upgrade it and stuff, maybe it connects to your devices by Bluetooth and you can get different functions. But basically it's like Grammarly in a pen, okay? Okay not a real product but let's just use that as our case study example so let's say i've de- i've invented this thing i've i've spent lots of time and money over the years developing this thing don't ask me how it works because it's just completely made up let's say i've been developing this for years okay and now i feel like it's time to to try and get this product in the shops it's ready to be sold so i've i've like lots of time and money of lots of my time and money have been spent On developing the technology and getting it to the point where I feel like uh, we should launch it properly as a business, but I need money to do that. So, why would a startup, a startup, that's just another word for a new business, why would a startup or a startup company need to raise finance? Why do I need to get money for my pen company? Well, lots of reasons. First of all, you need the money to pay for things like stock. So, stock in this case, would be all the stuff I need to make my pens. Um, okay, so stock can just be like basically prod all the products that you're going to sell that you keep in a warehouse or something. In the, in the case of me, because I'm the manufacturer, let's say, um, I'd need to pay for the stock, meaning the parts for my magic pen. It's not magic science, but anyway. Uh, manufacturing costs, I'd need to pay for that. So that would be Stuff like, you know, all the overheads relating to actually making my pen, including rent for a factory, electrical, um, you know, all the electricity bills. I'd need to hire staff, people working in the factory. I need to pay them. I need to find all the facilities and rent them. I need to pay for marketing as well. It's like, how am I actually going to get people to know about this? I'd need to do some marketing and advertising. Publicity to actually let people know that this product exists. As well as that, I'm going to need other things. I'm going to need contacts for retail. Retail, when we say retail, we mean the world of shops. Um, So I'm going to need contacts in order to get my special pen in all the right shops. I want it to be in the John Lewis department store. I want them to sell it in Argos. I want them to sell it in all the big shops. Basically, so but I'm, how am I going to do that? I need some kind of contact. I need to get in touch with those people, and it would help if I had maybe some sort of um, uh, yeah, some kind of person who could who who could uh, act as a go-between. Um, so also, I need to deal with a logistics chain. Logistics relates to actually transporting all of your stuff around. So if I've produced loads and loads and loads of these pens. How am I actually going to move those pens around? How am I going to get them to distributors? How am I going to get them to retailers? How am I actually going to get them to the customers? So there's all logistics when you think about like trucks and lorries and uh, vans and things like that. I need Basically, I need a business plan. And in order to go into the den to present my business to the dragons, I'm going to need to create a business plan. Now, I don't know if you've done a master's degree in business, like some sort of MBA or whatever, you'll know all about this stuff. I've never done any of that stuff. I never did a degree or any qualifications in business. All of the stuff I've learned about business, I've learned through teaching business English. And actually, Dragon's Den has been a really great program. It's really educational when it comes to business. So I've learned a lot about all the ins and outs of business by watching Dragon's Den. It's one of the reasons I like it so much. I I was never interested in business when I was growing up. When I was a student at university, I was doing like cultural studies and stuff. And I kind of looked down on people who did business because I I thought that, you know, they didn't care about actually anything interesting. Like they they weren't interested in, you know, the the real stuff of life. Like I thought cultural studies was fascinating because you learn about, uh, Well, obviously, you learn about culture, but you also, it's basically understanding the way that we live and the way that we express ourselves and consume the meaning of everything that we do. You know, it's kind of like understanding psychology and literature and art and uh, anthropology and all sorts of things like that. But I always sort of considered people who did business to be basically uninteresting and only interested in money and it kind of boring and formal world. And actually, Having watched Dragons Den and having taught business English a lot over the years, I've actually discovered that business can be actually a really interesting subject, and hopefully, you'll see that as we go through this episode. So you've got to you've got to create a business plan which basically covers all of the aspects of the business, including stuff like the price. Obviously, the price of your product, but not just the the sales price, the retail price, but we also need to know the cost price. Like, how much does it cost to produce one pen? Okay, what is the cost price per item? What's the list price per item as well? The list price, that means when I sell my pen to other companies. And when I say other companies, I mean other businesses, not the end users for my pen, but um, maybe wholesalers or retailers, people who are going to sell that pen to other people. So you've got different types of sales situation. You have business to business, like B2B which is when I sell my pens to another business that might perhaps sell them again to directly to customers or something, or they might sell them to retailers. So we've got the manufacturer. That's me. I'm the one who makes the pens. And I might sell uh, sort of B2B, sell those to a wholesaler. Wholesalers are basically like middlemen. They're the ones who are in the middle of the chain So it might be manufacturer to wholesaler, wholesaler to retailer, and retailer finally to customer in their shop or maybe on their website. Okay, so uh, that's B to B and then B to C, ultimately, business to customer. So my list price is my price to to, uh, distributors or wholesalers, these companies that then sell the product again. So I've got to work out my list price. Uh, I've got to work out my recommended retail price that's how much i expect the product to be sold in shops and all of these things are important because it's all about profit and all about every person in this in in every step of the chain being able to make some money so we talk about this this concept of markup markup is when basically you raise the price of something in order to like make more money from it basically So a good example of markup would be in the restaurants, in the restaurant trade. Let's say the restaurant buys its meat from a meat company and they might buy, let's say one steak could cost them about one pound, which is not uncommon. It might cost as little as one pound for them to buy that single steak. Now, maybe they've done a deal with the meat company where they buy in bulk so they're buying a large number of steaks or a large volume of, of meat uh, and that reduces the price because of the economy of scale. The more stuff you buy, the cheaper it becomes. So maybe the restaurant is like getting a good price because they're buying in bulk. But let's say the the steak they buy from the wholesaler or from the from the abattoir or whatever is 1 pound. Now, the restaurant is going to add a lot of markup onto that onto the price of that steak the restaurant's not going to sell that steak for a pound there's a few reasons for that one reason is because obviously service is being applied to the steak right so the steak has been cooked by a professional chef it's been um you know presented in a certain way and brought to the table by a waiter so there's all this service and extra uh, added value that's been added But then ultimately, the steak is sold on the menu for like, you know, £15. So that's a £14 markup. And This is how restaurants will will make their money. Hopefully, if they can balance all of this stuff out, where the money they're taking from the sales of the food, um, it exceeds the the cost of actually running the business, of paying the chef, uh, paying for the electricity and gas to run the kitchen and all that stuff. Hopefully, it will all... Work out, and the restaurant will end up in profit. So that's markup, adding a price. So if my pen costs one pound to produce, um, then I sell it, let's say, to wholesalers for three pounds per item, maybe more. Maybe that's that's too cheap. Let's say five pounds per item. Okay, so I've added a four pound markup to that. The wholesaler then sells it to a retailer for ten pounds per item. So they've added £5 of markup, you see, and then the retailer sells it direct to the customers for, I don't know, £20, and they've they've added their markup there as well. So that's markup, an addition to the price, when the price is raised, markup. Then we've got margins or profit margin, which is different to markup. Profit is just the money that you make at the end from, from doing the business. So for the in the case of the retailer, they've bought the pen for £10. They've added £10 of markup and then they've sold the product. And let's say they make a profit of £10. That's, let's say, that's a gross profit. That's profit before things have been taken away like tax and other things. So it's £10 of gross profit. Then they've got to pay for maybe some taxation, maybe some other costs and things and it gets reduced to I don't know about six pounds net net profit there would be the six six pounds they get at the end. It's a bit like you can imagine like when, when we talk about net and gross figures net the net figure is when you've pulled your net into the water to pick out some fish and some of the fish slip out of the net but what you've got left after all the water and some of the smaller fish have gone out, is your final amount? So that's your net amount. You see, like the, the the profit minus costs or tax and stuff. Okay, so all these things have to be calculated and written into the business plan. Um, manufacturers, wholesalers, retailers, business to business, business to to customers. You might do a SWOT analysis. Again, those of you who've studied business will know about this, a SWOT analysis, that's S-W-O-T, and that's where you analyse the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats for your business. Strengths and weaknesses are internal things. That's where you look at the, the business itself, like how is it strong? How, in which ways is it weak? And then opportunities and threats are external. Opportunities might be like uh, gaps in the market. For example, in this case, there is no pen that does this. And threats could be from competitors, or maybe any other um, thing that could harm the uh, the business in some way. So it could be competitors, like let's say there's another company that's selling a similar product, or it could be maybe regulations in some regions which say you can't uh, create pens that do this. I don't know what what uh, regulation would decide that. But anyway, those are the threats. So strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats are a good way to analyze exactly how valuable your business is. And in the case of my pen, a strength would be, I don't know what, it's like it's unique and it works. And uh, uh, weaknesses are mm, maybe the price. I mean, it's quite expensive compared to other pens that people would buy. Opportunities would be, there's obviously a huge gap in the market here. Uh, for a device like this, and threats will be—I uh, don't know—I I can't think of many threats except maybe the the the, the development of things like um, voice recognition technology and the the general move towards typing and having your grammar automatically corrected while you type rather than actually writing with a traditional pen. I mean, that's just a very brief SWOT analysis that I did of my pen project. You also need to come up with various financial figures to present to the investors. The investors want to know how much money you're going to make. They need to know that because they want to know how much return on investment they're going to get. So if the Dragons put in 20,000 pounds, let's say, they need to know when they're going to get their 20,000 pounds back. And they need to know um, how much more money they're going to make on top and when that's going to happen. So it's normal to give projected sales figures projected, this means predicted into the future. So if whenever we talk about projections or projected, we're talking about sort of estimations into the future. So you need projected sales figures. So you need to be able to uh, write down in your business plan, uh, your turnover, maybe turnover for the past and projected turnover for the future as well. Turnover, income and revenue. These are three words that to an extent, mean the same thing. Certainly, income and revenue mean the same thing. That's all the money that comes into the business. Turnover, we normally associate with sales, sales turnover. That means the the amount of money that's come into the business through sales, whereas income could come from other things, potentially. It could come from um, maybe just uh, assets uh, owned by the company that may bring dividends but let's just say they mean the same thing. Turnover, income, revenue, this means the money that comes into the company. So we talk about projected turnover for year one, year two, and year three. Uh, the dragons need to know what their return on investment will be. Okay, uh, so now you could, on the subject of raising finance for your business, you could go to the bank to ask for a loan. If you think of the different ways that you could maybe get about 30, 40, 50,000 pounds, how would you do that? Well, there are various options. You could go to the bank and apply for a bank loan, and banks will offer loans to startup companies and stuff like that. Um, the, the disadvantage there, of course, is that you've then got to pay interest on that loan, and uh, if you fail to, you know, pay those interest payments, maybe the the bank will uh, repossess part of your business. Um, and certainly, paying interest is is not fun. Because suddenly, you know, you, you borrow 50,000, you've got to pay back 60,000, which is not fun in the long term. Um, what else? You could use a government scheme. Governments these days to support startup companies, they will maybe create some kind of fund um, and you might apply... For a scheme in order to qualify for funding from the government, and maybe they'll give you advice and help and stuff like that, and you can just get the money from them, and it would be free. They just give it to you, I suppose, unless maybe there's some kind of a um, a scheme where they they give you the money and you've got to give the money back, but after a certain period, you know, only if you make a certain amount of profit. Um, Depending on you know your government, if you've got a very austere government that's not funding. Public projects, then that might not be an option. Um, Then you you know you could ask your family; you could get your family to lend you the money, but obviously that's risky because there's a chance you could lose lots of family money. And like in the case of Dragons Den, you could go to a venture capitalist, venture capitalist, equity investors, business angels. These are all terms to describe people who will take a risk and invest money in new businesses. As a way to uh, make uh, lots of money, and you have private equity firms, for example, these are companies that specialise in finding good investment opportunities and buying equity of other companies. This is really how you make big bucks. You set up companies, you buy, you own uh, the majority uh, shares or equity of that company, and when the company makes a, a big, uh, makes it really successful. You might sell the company off for a huge lump sum, ideally retaining a portion of the equity still so that you can continue to uh, reap the rewards of your successful business. Um, So venture capitalists, equity investors, business angels, all names for people who invest in new businesses like the dragons in Dragon's Den. So in the case of the den, like once you've, let's say, uh, made contact with your equity investors, you would need to go there and pitch your business idea to them, to pitch a business. So it's a bit like to present a business, but uh, so the word pitch is a verb and a noun. So you would pitch your company, uh, or you would do a pitch or make a pitch. Uh, And that basically means a short sales presentation, a sales pitch. When we talk about a pitch, it's usually a presentation um, in which you sell something to someone. So again, going back to the subject of movies, if you've got your film idea, you'd need to pitch it to studios or investors or whatever. Okay, Um, so you've got your, you know, your movie pitch, you might have heard that idea before. Uh, What about the elevator pitch? An elevator pitch is basically a very short presentation in which you try to sell an idea, convince someone of something very quickly. And it comes from the idea that let's say you've got your business idea, and you work at your big company. And one day, yeah, one day you end up bumping into the boss, the CEO of the company, as you are entering the building one morning. Now, the, the CEO is extremely busy and it's very difficult to arrange meetings with him. It's, it's almost impossible to get an audience with the CEO. But there you are, waiting for the lift, standing next to the CEO. So you've got about two minutes while you take the lift up to the top of the building. You've got two minutes to tell the CEO about your project. You've got two minutes to do an elevator pitch. That's why it's called the elevator pitch, which is a concept in business, which is like a very brief and succinct uh, presentation of your business idea. So in Dragon's Den, they usually take about two minutes to do um, an elevator pitch at the start. Um, the, uh, The entrepreneur is looking for an investment amount Let's say in the case of my pen business, I'm looking for, what, £50,000 for all the reasons I gave, because I've got to, you know, rent a facility. I've got to employ qualified staff to make this rather complicated pen. I've got to get contacts in retail companies. I've got to um, arrange for logistics, all my stuff to be transported around, all the stuff I said before. So I'm looking for £50,000 in return for equity, or shares, or stock, or stocks in my company. Let's say I'm offering, I don't know, what, 20%? £50,000 for 20%. What? What's the total value of my company then? If it's £50,000, it's 20%. So I need £50,000 times five, because obviously there are five 20s in 100, right? £50,000 times five. I'm giving the dragons a fifth of my business. This means that the business is worth a quarter of a million uh, pounds. Okay? You see? See how it works? So you can get the total value of the business based on the uh, the, the investment amount you need and the equity stake you're offering in return. It gives you a, a figure uh, for the total value of the company. In this case, because I'm offering 50,000 pounds for 20% of the company, 100% of the company is 250,000 pounds. All right? So that's the investment amount and the equity. I would then, I imagine, negotiate with the dragons. I don't think they would say, okay, you want £50,000 for 20%? All right, fine, let's do it. Let's make a deal. Instead, the dragons, you know, will argue with you and they'll they'll say, well, it's you know, I think it's a great idea. I think it could make lots of money. Obviously, you need a lot of support. You're going to need a lot of development over the next year or two. So I'm interested, but... I want 40%. You know, that's the kind of thing they do. And then you have to negotiate to make, you know, a deal to find a happy medium. Um, Other little words here that, you know, there are other considerations in the business, like the dragons are probably going to ask me about my pen company. What kind of things do you think they're going to ask me about? They would probably say things like, how are you going to get people to know about this? What are your plans for your marketing? What are your projected figures for the next three years? How do I know that I'm going to get return on him, on my investment? Um, and do you have a patent or a patent? you can say it either way, I say patent. do you have a patent for your uh, for your business for this pen? So what is, is a patent? Well a patent is basically a sort of legal protection which means that other people can't copy your invention. OK, so you can get patents for different regions. You can have like a UK patent, a European patent or a global patent to protect your idea. Patent comes under the um, umbrella of intellectual property and there's different types of intellectual property. So it could be, for example, copyright, which is maybe the most uh, common one. And the copyright protects people's, for example, written work or, or music and, and things like that. And then you've got things like design which is like a unique design. Let's say the design of the iPhone is uh, very specific and maybe they want to uh, protect that. So uh, if you register a design of something, then it means that other people can't copy your design or if they do, you can take them to court. And patent refers to not just the way things look. Hmm. Patents are rather complicated um, uh, concepts, but patents cover an invention Basically, okay. I mean that really means stuff like mechanical stuff usually. Um, and in order to qualify for a patent, you have to prove that your uh, your new invention is new. It's a genuinely new thing that it hasn't been done before. It needs you need to show that there is a a genuine uh, inventive step in your uh, invention. What does this mean? They they must involve an inventive step. So that means something. Clearly, that's not been done before. So we're talking about probably mechanical things, things that can be uh, applied to an industrial context. Okay. Uh, so I'm not going to go into patent in, in any more detail, but it basically covers um, a machine or something that does something. And uh, it's got to be something new. And if your patent is successful, then you get protection. So it means other people can't legally copy what you've done. In the case of my pen, it could be the 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 special method by which it it analyzes your writing as you're writing. I don't know how it does that. Let's let's say we've created a special scanner which is in the nib of the pen, and it scans the page as you're writing, and it knows what you're writing, and it sort of internally. Um, you know, um, works out whether you're writing things correctly or not. And it kind of, it goes, eh, 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 if you've made a grammar mistake, it sounds like a terrible idea, I have to say. Um, so that's your patent. And you have to apply for a patent at the patent office. And usually there are several sort of uh, applications that are necessary. And you have to wait for a while while they, um, while they sort of process your patent application and uh, you might have patent pending. Patent pending just means that the patent is going to be um, authorized; it's going to be licensed, but you're just waiting for it to happen. Uh, competitors uh, are obviously always a uh, a uh, consideration. And the dragons are going to want to know if there are other companies doing the same thing. And then the valuation of, your, of the company, which I described before, my company is worth £250,000. You would need to justify why you think the company is worth that much. Why do you need the money you need? Why is that reflected by only 20% of the business and all that stuff? So really, negotiating for an investment is all about getting down to the nitty gritty of what makes a business work and what makes an idea a good idea or not. I also would like to say the the phrase, I'm out, here. Um, I'm out is a phrase that you will hear in Dragon's Den a lot. And it's when a dragon is is not interested in investing. Maybe they don't like the product, or they just feel like they can't make an investment in it, and they will say... I'm out. And usually they say, let me tell you where I am. Um, I think that you've done really well, but this isn't a business that I feel is going to be a success uh, over the next five years. It's going to take me too long to get a return on my investment. And for that reason, I'm not going to invest. And so I'm out. That's the kind of thing they, they often say. Um, so let's meet the dragons. I've already been talking for over 40 minutes. Are we actually going to get to the, to the clip yet? In this episode, we'll see. Let's meet the dragons. I mean, I just want to, um, briefly tell you who they are. So we've got Peter Jones, basically, at age 16, he set up a a successful tennis academy. He worked for Siemens and uh, was in charge of one of their departments. And then he went off on his own to build an empire in leisure, telecoms, and media. But Peter Jones mainly made his fortune in the telecoms industry. Deborah Meaden made her millions in the holiday and leisure industries. She sold a stake in her company in a £30 million deal uh, while maintaining 23% of the company. Duncan Bannatyne is from Glasgow, he is worth over £170 million. You'll be glad to know he owns Bannatyne's health clubs, casinos, and hotels. And Duncan Bannatyne, being from Glasgow, has a slightly difficult accent to understand, as you will hear. Then you've got Theo Pefetis. I think he's originally from Cyprus. uh, Maybe comes from a Greek or Cypriot family, uh, but grew up in the UK. He's a retail specialist. He's all about selling things in shops. And he, what he specializes in is taking failing retail companies and transforming them uh, into successful businesses. And he's done this with a number of well-known high street retailers in the UK, including Partners. I think they they sell underwear. And Ryman. Ryman is a stationers. So you can buy all your pens and paper and folders and stuff. And then we have James Kahn, who is originally... Uh, from Pakistan, he was born there. Uh, his family moved to the UK when he was two years old. And James was initially successful in recruitment, setting up several high-level recruitment companies. Recruitment is about basically finding and hiring new members of staff. So, let's say if you're a business, let's say I'm a pen, I'm setting up my pen company. I need some uh, some people who can make. My pens for me in my factory. So I'd need to go to a recruitment um, agency, probably, and say to them, Look, I need 25 people who've got experience of doing X, Y, and Z to work in my factory. Here are the details of the contract. Please, can you find me 25 members of staff as soon as possible? Go. And the recruitment company will then put out adverts advertising the positions. They will maybe interview different people. And they, the recruitment consultants are kind of like a dealer for members of staff. And they'll go out and find members of staff and then sell them to the to the company. So this is what James Kahn did. He was successful in recruitment. He set up several high-level recruitment companies, which he then sold for large amounts of profit. He's also the founder and current CEO of the UK-based private equity firm Hamilton Bradshaw. Hamilton Bradshaw. Doesn't it sound respectable? <laughs> um, so... James Kahn made loads of money in in, in uh, recruitment, and then he went into private equity. Theo Paphitis made loads of money in retail, and now he's in, uh, you know, venture capital. Duncan Bannatyne made loads of money in, in leisure and health clubs. Deborah Mead, and also in the holiday and leisure industries. Peter Jones in telecoms. They're all stinking rich, and nowadays they like to make money by investing in uh, new businesses. So when the dragons are interested in an investment, they will say, I'm interested. And then they'll probably make an offer after asking questions. So they'll say, for example, I'm interested in your business, but I want 40%, not 20%. Maybe they'll justify it. The rules of the show are that the entrepreneur must get the investment amount that that they're looking for or more. And the percentage equity stake is what is negotiated. All right, so let's say I'm going into the den. I'm asking for, what was it, £50,000. So the rules state that I must get my £50,000 at least. I could get more, but I can't get anything less because this is the money that I have decided I need. I've calculated this all in my business plan. I've decided I need £50,000. So the rules say I must get at least £50,000. It's the percentage equity stake which is negotiated, okay? So it's, you know, we stick with £50,000 and we negotiate 20%, 40%, 30%, okay? If a dragon is not interested in the investment, they will declare themselves out by saying, I'm out and explaining their reason. And I'm out has become a sort of catchphrase that you can use in reference to the show. Right, now it's time to get started but when we've already been going for almost fifty minutes, and I think what I am going to do is this: okay, I am going to play you the the first part of the pitch for this um, for this company. Here, we're going to listen to a little clip from Dragon's Den Series Eight, Episode One, which was actually a really good episode. And there are about three uh, pitches in this episode, which I think would be great. For doing all the podcast, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do them all. Depends on um, what you think about all this and whether you like these episodes. But uh, I'm going to do one of those pitches, and maybe in the future I'll do some of the others as well. Okay, so we're going to listen to, I guess, the first two minutes of a pitch from Series Eight of Dragon's Den, and the pitch is by a girl called Kirsty Henshaw, who is from Preston, I think. Preston in the north of England. So you'll you'll hear that she has an accent, you know, she, you'll probably hear that she's got a regional accent or at least an accent that's different to mine. Preston is up in the northwest of England, just north of Liverpool and Manchester, near the west coast, not far from Blackpool. Okay, so northwest, Lancashire. And so Kirsty Henshaw from Preston, She's quite young. She's probably in her 20s. She's a part-time barmaid looking for investment in her food business. A part-time barmaid looking for investment in her food business. So I'd like you to listen to the first couple of minutes of the pitch. And here are some questions for you. And I think what I'm going to do is just play the first couple of minutes, set the questions, and then stop. And we'll carry on in part two. Okay, so make sure I'm all ready here. Hold on a second. Okay. The questions are, how much investment does she need? So what's the amount she needs? What equity stake is she offering the dragons in return? All right. What exactly is the product? Why does she need the investment? And would you like to invest in this business idea? If you were a dragon, would you invest in this? Maybe you need to know more. So what questions would you like to ask next? Okay. So those are the questions. How much investment does she need? What's she offering in return? What is the product? Why does she need the money? Would you like to invest in this? And what questions would you ask next? Let me just get the video ready, and then we'll start. One of the things that makes business life so fascinating is that entrepreneurs are a very diverse group. Our next entrepreneur is a 24-year-old mother from Preston, Kirsty Henshaw. She's a part-time barmaid looking for investments in her food business. So now we see Kirsty climbing up the stairs, entering the den. She's holding a tray of what looks like maybe pots of ice cream. The dragons are all sitting there in a line, looking very scary. Kirsty's got that uncomfortable moment where she has to get herself ready before she starts her pitch.
0: I'm Kirsty, and am 24 years old and I'm here today asking for £65,000 for a 15% equity stake in my company Worth & Shores. Worth & Shores produce healthy and innovative alternatives to ice cream. We currently have two brands on the market and five different products. All our products are low in fat and low in calories and are free from dairy, sugar, gluten, artificial additives, soya, cholesterol and nuts. My first product is Coconuka. Coco contains active manure honey from New Zealand, and Echinacea. It's ideal for sore throats, coughs and colds. My second range is Coco ice. These are in three flavours, chocolate, strawberry and vanilla. The inspiration behind my range stems from my four-year-old child who has a serious nut allergy and is dairy intolerant. I began selling them four months ago nationally via a health food distribution company in the UK. I spoke to a lot of large retailers and have gained a considerable amount of interest. I'd also like... To, oh, well, basically I'd like to use your investment to help raise brand awareness with marketing and PR and also buy stock. Thank you.
1: Can we try some?
0: Yes, yeah, certainly.
1: A confident pitch by Kirsty Henshaw from Preston. She needs 65,000 pounds to help grow her range of healthy frozen desserts and is willing to give away 15%. Peter Jones is first to interrogate the young mum. Okay. So we're going to stop there. You heard Kirsty's initial pitch. How much investment does she need? Let me give you the answers to this stuff now. Then we're going to stop here and we'll carry on in part two. How much investment does she need? She needs £65,000. What equity stake is she offering in return? She's offering 15%. So what is the product? Well, apparently it's a healthy alternative to ice cream, some kind of frozen dessert, which, as she said, was free from all sorts of things. Free from dairy, free from sugar, free from soya and nuts. And it seems everything. It's like, what, what is actually in this uh, stuff if there's no dairy or sugar or fat or anything? So uh, we don't know what it's made of, but it's some kind of alternative, healthy alternative to ice cream. It also contains some uh, other healthy ingredients that have been added to it. Why does she need the investment? Well, she needs to buy stock, as we talked talked about before, she wants to raise brand awareness with marketing and PR. So she needs money to basically market her products. Would you like to invest? And what questions would you are would you like to ask next? This is actually very interesting because this is when we get into the real nuts and bolts of the business. Now, in my experience from doing Dragons Den in English classes, people start to look at. Um, these investment opportunities from the point of view of a customer. They think, do I want to eat healthy ice cream, right? Or do I want to buy a gram, a pen pen, whatever it is? And that's not always the best way to do it. Instead, you just look at this as, a, a, as an opportunity to make money. Not, do I want this? Is this a great product? But will this thing actually make money? That's the interesting thing to look at here. And it's not a question of like, do I like the person presenting the product? Uh, do, they, do they seem serious? It's not that. It's all about the ins and outs, the nuts and bolts of the business and whether or not this thing will be profitable and whether the dragons are going to get a good return on their investment. Um, so without going any further, I'm not going to talk more now about Kirsty Henshaw and her product. Uh, we're going to leave that for part two. Um, it took me quite a lot of time just to go through the vocab and the topic area, so we 'll actually do most of the listening in part two of this, which um, is going to come up soon i 'll record that today, I think, and then you 'll be able to listen to it. okay. Let me know what you think about this. what do you think of what's your first uh, impression of Kirsty Henshaw and her product? What do you think the dragons are going to ask about this? And also, what do you think of generally this topic and this idea uh, on Luke's English podcast? I always want to know your feedback, so let me know. It's going to get, trust me, ladies and gents, it's going to get really interesting when we actually drill down into Kirsty's story, when we hear the dragons asking her questions, when we start to hear a negotiation going on. It gets really interesting. Trust me. It's really good. It's a really good pitch. So I think that's it for this one. Thank you very much for listening. As ever, don't forget to do things like sign up to the mailing list on the website. Um, sign up for Luke's English Podcast Premium to get proper vocab, grammar and pronunciation stuff. I just did a series on the Premium subscription all about inversions and sentence structure in English, which actually turned into like a quite a thorough overview of basically how we make sentences and how our typical sentence structure might be inverted sometimes in various cases. I think you would like it. Yes, I think you would. And you can sign up to LEP Premium at teacherluke.co.uk slash premium. And I will be doing a more in-depth look at some of the language from this episode as well, I think, in one of those episodes. Um, Anyway, that's it for now. I'll speak to you in the next part. I look forward to reading your comments. But for now, it's time to say goodbye, bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk.
0: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription... You will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash info